Welcome to Don't Worry About It with Neeks. <clears throat> and on tonight's episode, we've got a great friend of mine, a former teammate, and a hometown lad, Jake Davidson. Welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, it's, it's an honor to be here. I remember when the idea of this kind of got rolling in your head, and um, I'm glad I can be a part of this journey. Yeah, very excited to have you on and definitely excited to keep this journey going because it's been, we've had some great conversations and I think transferring this to a, to a podcast form, having, and obviously we're, we're not with each other. So kind of com- continuing our conversations is, is, uh, is always a great pleasure. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. So with that, how is Kenyon? Yeah, so just like as a background for the listeners so i i go to kenyon college in ohio it's about like 45 minutes to an hour outside columbus which is where ohio state is i'm a sophomore here and i'm on the baseball team and so currently kenyon like has a similar layout to what nico and amherst are doing so it's only first years and sophomores back on campus there's no fall interscholastic sports you can practice and then there are like certain limitations on gatherings, extracurricular activities and things like that. So I'm currently, one thing that's kind of crazy about it is I'm currently living as a sophomore where normally like seniors or juniors live just because of the way the housing lottery is and how it's really only like upper like uh, international students that are on campus that are juniors mm-hmm. and seniors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. That's very somewhat amorous. It's kind of, it's, it must be, it must be very odd. I mean, day to day, just you're like, as, as we have with Amherst and Kenyon, the, the, um, the student population is much lower. So you're kind of seeing the same people every day for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, yeah. But even then you're seeing now half of which you probably know a lot of as your sophomores, mm-hmm. but then you're seeing also uh, uh, first years. And I think, that must be, I mean, really, what do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, it's like very wild in the sense, like I was actually talking to my friend about this tonight in the dining hall. It's like normally the dining hall is like one of the most fun places on campus because like every sports team kind of has their table in the dining hall and you can kind of like catch up with people, you know, it's like you want to be there so you can kind of see everyone. Yeah. But now it's almost empty because you've got like half the kids there none of the younger kids have really experienced what the dining hall is really like and stuff like that. And I mean, you definitely miss the older kids and um, yeah, it's just like a very, I'm like so happy to be back, you know, like, um, but it's very different. And like Kenyon is located in like a very interesting place in the sense that like, I would describe it as like Kenyon is a very liberal school, but then in a like very conservative area of Ohio, which is definitely like, uh, like it's definitely changed my views on a lot of things. And it's like a really great experience for me because I've lived in Washington DC for the first 18 years of my life. Never really lived, I never lived anywhere else. And then now coming to a place, it's only like a six hour drive away, but it's a really different lifestyle. Like there's a big, like there's an Amish community near here. there are tons of different communities, which is really interesting. Huh. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think going to a liberal school probably has um, already changed kind of your, must have changed some sort of perspective, I think, even though D.C. is pretty, pretty um, 
liberal, I see, or on the left, to be more specific, I think the left is even more concentrated in most colleges and universities nowadays, but also I think, especially at a, Ken at a Kenyan sitting on, on what is uh, more conservative areas. And I think, but so I, I'm wondering more, um, how, how has that changed your views? How has that kind of influenced that conservatism amongst your yeah, I, liberal I think area? That, um, I definitely gained a greater like understanding of a different way of life if you know what i mean like there's it's like a big farming community um so it's different in that regard and also like one thing that's different about coming here is like in high school i was like the president of the young democrats i was considered like very left but here i'm more just like in kind Normal. of the goalposts have shifted so i'm a little more towards the middle um and I think that that was definitely a different experience for me too. And it, um, I feel like college is all about like new experiences and like these two changing the location, like coming to a much more remote area of the United States. And then also like ideologies within the student body have really like offered me, well, voice crack, offered me um, like some great like experiences, like um, because you get to know people in the community not only like the Kenyan community, but like the, the local community of like Mount Vernon and Gambier. And you get like an understanding of what their lives are like, whether they work at Kenyan or they work at one of your favorite restaurants in town or something like that. And I think that that's really helped with me um, just kind of like experiencing what life is like in the Midwest and in Ohio. Yeah, that's totally, I can totally, I mean, relate to mm -hmm. that. I think with living in Wyoming has been, mm -hmm equally i mean in a different sense but equally eye-opening and just a different ex total experience um so with i guess hmm, how does how much of a swing state i guess is kind of how i want to swing into this because it's i think there's a lot of universities in ohio in ohio the state of ohio and yeah. of those universities you'd have to say most of them are quite liberal are on the left i think mm -hmm. there's more um, like you said, you're, as you were seen amongst our school and just kind of our groups, you were considered on the farther left than what we have seen in uh, a lot of colleges. So that, mm -hmm. is that somehow like playing a part in that there's so many liberal schools and there's kind of a conservative ship of, of uh, just the towns? Mm -hmm. or, yeah, I think that that definitely plays a part like the way i've kind of like um i mean ohio has a chance to like really swing the election and i think that that's really been seen because back home like there aren't too many political ads you know because not that much money's dumped in but when you watch tv here or you drive around here it's everywhere you know like um one huge thing in ohio of course is ohio state football so like one thing that trump tried to do was tie himself to bringing back Big Ten football. Um, and this was like a huge marketing thing. It was like on every, all the ads during sports. And you can definitely see it within the community too, because there are signs everywhere. And um, I voted early last week. It was the first time I'd voted in like a presidential election. I voted in the 
local election last year, but then this was the first one. Yeah. And um, I mean, there aren't as many Kenyan students on campus, but like a lot, like my roommates are from Massachusetts, New Jersey and Oregon, all states, and they're all voting in Ohio because you're allowed to because you go to school here and you have mm -hmm. residency, but they come from states that are much more liberal and you know where they're voting. And then you bring their votes here, which can play a difference. And I think that this is a state, like if you drive around and this is an experience that's really been eye-opening to me. It's like, I really feel like I'm on the front lines of an election for the first time in my life. And there's signs everywhere. Um, people are putting like so much effort into the campaign, which is pretty wild to see. And I mean, it's exciting. And I mean, hopefully no matter what happens just on the, like I have my desires of what I want to come out of this election, but on the base level, hopefully there's a higher turnout than we had four years ago. And I think we're on pace for that because I would love to see more people get engaged with democracy in America. And I think that's happening. I think I totally agree with you. I think it's, it's increasing in an immense amount. Um, I've seen it. I mean, even just in a place where, like where I am, you're really only going to see the, the political stuff via radio, TV, social media. And I don't have a TV and I barely listen to the radio, but when I do listen to the radio, um, there is, there is a lot of, um, kind of, it's not necessarily directed, but there's just a lot of conversation of politics. Um, mm -hmm. and just the, I guess that conversation and kind of telling, and there's, there's a few, I mean, there's a decent amount, I guess, of, um, kind of political signs here and there. Uh, so on the roads, obviously I'm like driving two roads. There's the main one, our highway. And then like the one we live on and then I go on mm -hmm. the main highway. And even those, I mean, there's not splattered everywhere. They're not covered. It's not, there's not a huge thing of uh, emphasis, I guess, on voting, but on social media, dude, my God, I have not seen this many ads just, and, and kind of directive, uh, content at voting, at trying to get you to vote, trying to make sure you're registered to vote, trying to make sure you, there's even on Snapchat a couple of days ago, I saw there's a, they did, they gave you like a theoretical or a hypothetical ballot. And you just, you, mm -hmm. you picked your candidates before you'd actually picked your candidates. And that like, that's how invested these social kind of social media has really made this, um, this kind of population or this uh, election has become very important. Mm -hmm. And I like they, the big thing, I guess the relationship there is that there are people our age kind of in their, or I guess from 18 up that use uh, a lot of social media. And I think that's the engagement they really want because I think four years ago, there was not a lot of that. There was not a lot of yeah. 18 I, to 28. I agree. Like, I don't know whether it was because I wasn't like, you could say, oh, maybe it was because we weren't old enough to vote. But four years ago, I don't remember anything like what's gone on this year when it comes to getting people to vote. Like all the sports teams, like they've been putting in a ton of effort mm -hmm. about that. Like they're using stadiums as voting centers. And I, I think that this is what we need because, I mean, last – we're 2016, like 56% of people – showed out and i think that like our age group will play like a huge role because i think a ton yeah. of people our age are gonna vote or That's like sure. at least have an involvement in the election you know mm -hmm. what i mean yes yeah that's and, definitely 
What were we going to say? No, I mean, it's just like, and now, like, it's like four or five days away. But, I mean, one thing is that I don't think the election will, because of, like, mail-in stuff, I don't know if we'll know for, like, a week or two. Oh, that's, yes. I just I just listened to something that was saying that of the little times I've been listening on the radio, they were saying that they're gonna, it's going to take about a week to five or so, maybe 10 days to fully count all these. Cause I think there's a record number of mail-in ballots. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a playing a huge, not kind of, that's playing a big impact on the count. And so that's mm-hmm. just reading a paper that takes like, you got to look at it and kind of check mm-hmm. down everything. It's more physical than just kind of plugging it in on an, on a mm-hmm. machine. So yeah, that's definitely, yeah. that's going to add in a big mm-hmm. portion and, to the weight. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mean, I was reading something from Pennsylvania, like some of their counties are so small that are like, they're kind of almost underfunded and like don't have as many resources that they're like, yeah, like we're going to struggle to count. So it's going to take us a little while. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting in that regard. And I mean, I think that those the days after the election happens before we know who wins might be like more tense than what we have right now. Because people are extremely nervous now, but like, it's almost like waiting to get a grade back, but that grade is who the president. (laughs) In a sense, it's either one or the other. You're not getting a scale. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah. There's a, just a binary in that sense Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that's a big, issue i think more than it should be in um in this election and in most elections i haven't seen i mean obviously i guess i'm not in the i wasn't in the age group of the people who were voting but it was it was i guess it wasn't i mean i didn't see on social media but there's a lot of posting and i guess that's the main interactions i'm having with people nowadays because just podcasts are I mean, I'm saying of our friends from back home and all that, I think that's the biggest thing. I'll see people posting a lot of things on their mm-hmm. social media of, of um, like mental health, health leading up to, or being aware yeah. of your mental health leading up mm-hmm. to this election, making I'm sure nervous, that, man. bro, I'm, I'm seeing it in everyone. There's a level of nervousness that's slowly accumulating. And that threshold is, could be broken for a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are going to actually have breakdowns because of oh, this. Yeah. I know there are people that had breakdowns already because of, of this mm-hmm. upcoming election. So that's, that's a shame. And that's um, not a shame. I'm mean, not shame on them, but it's, it's a shame that there is so much uh, psychological weight on this. And I, I oh, just think, yeah. I think, policy doesn't drive our entire lives. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. that does, but I don't think day to day, like we're going to, I think you see the sports, you're talking about um, COVID, which is like outside of real politics itself. I mean, it's being played in as everything can be politicized, but I think there's a lot of overemphasis. And even if it, they don't believe that policy days day to day, I think there's a lot of overemphasis on just the, even, it may not, not even be like policy itself, but just the, the human being who is going to be running this country. That weight mm-hmm. is holding and like, I see it and I see like you're not profusely sweating or starting to cry when I mention the possibility that like one of the candidates you voted for maybe didn't, isn't going to win. And for some people, mm-hmm. the, like the same thing on, on either opposite of you. Um, and so that's, that's interesting. I mean, do you have any insight into that? 
like I, it's it's kind of crazy to think about because like what, one thing I saw that was wild is that Bill Clinton and George W. Bush are both younger than Trump and Biden. Bill Clinton was elected in 1992 and George W. Bush was elected in 2000. And they That's are both ridiculous. younger than the two candidates now. But I, I think that there's like this complete, like a lot. I have this huge stress because I think that like my candidate, if he wins, he's going to like, whether you agree with him or not, there's going to be like an empathy and respect you get out of him. If that makes sense. Like for all else aside, like he's a, he's a good guy. He's a nice guy. And then in my opinion, there's someone that like, like, I can't, like, when you hear some of the things he says, I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's not even a like, likable person. There's not no. even, there's no, I laugh at him when I hear him speak. I don't mm -hmm. hear him speak much, but, like, it's, it's almost like he's acting to do mm -hmm. it more so. So I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. Like, you have every right in, like, in America to vote for that person, you know, like, with our constitution and everything. But I think that it is a dangerous choice, and I don't. I don't mean to get too political on this, but Talking I'm seeing. <laughs> but I, I'm seeing this this like kind of lack of empathy, and I mean we've kind of seen it for a long time. But I think that our generation is going to play like a very large role, both like this year and in the years to come, um, especially because I think that this is the most tumultuous year of our lives. Um, this is I, definitely the most yes. tumultuous year of my life. Um, uh, yes, because, I definitely agree. Mm -hmm. Like, thankfully, like you and I, like we've had to like overcome a lot of obstacles, but we've come out reasonably unscathed. If you know what I mean. Like, I'm very fortunate and blessed. Like, speaking for myself, I am, and I don't want to. I don't mean to speak for you, but I feel like we've had mm -hmm. we've had experiences in this year that I'm I'm still thankful for some of the experiences I've had this year. But there are some people like we were talking about mental health that I feel like are very are like struggling, and I have my battles here and there, because I mean you had, like the worst pandemic in a hundred years, you had, like, the continuation of systemic racism, and then you have an election year, which is like, I think that talking about social media, I mean social media and like, the role like companies like Facebook and stuff mm -hmm. play kind of instead of kind of separates us, you know, oh, because like polarizes as fuck. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like, I have my news outlets and like other people have theirs and like you know, like no one wants to hear what they don't like, you know? And I yeah. feel like there has to be a sense of community as one within America and we should have civil discourse, you know, like we shouldn't have like, be like, Oh, you know, but there has to be a better way than we're doing it today. Because I mean, you see these videos on social media of people just at like counter protests. And then the two groups are just fighting in the parking lot. And there's just like such a divide right down the middle. And like, I feel like it's so crazy to divide. Like if I go out somewhere, and I look at someone within like, depending on, I mean, of course, with a mask, depending 10 to 15 seconds, I can immediately tell 
what news they watch, who they're voting for, and what they thought of this year, if that makes sense. It's like yes. what they thought of the pandemic, what they thought about the Black Lives Matter movement and who they're voting for mm-hmm. almost immediately. And I think that that's something that I, I, I wish you didn't kind of immediately know, if that makes sense. Like, I think that yeah, there, I think that this election, if Biden wins, will be a reset. Because I think the, the Republican Party will have to rebuild itself in four years. And I don't know if Biden runs for re-election. So the Democratic Party, it'll be like a, it's almost like Biden will bring us back to where we should be when it comes to relationships. I don't think like a big issue is like, oh, what is he going to do about taxes? I don't think it's going to change that much. I think we're going to have a better response to coronavirus. And then hopefully in the next 12 months, we can try to be as back to normal as whatever that will look like. But hopefully, because, I mean, like we were talking about before we went on the podcast, like there's some, like there are Republicans like Larry Hogan and other Republicans, but a lot of those type of Republicans are like, hey, let's vote for Biden this year and then we'll reassess after that. Yes. It's like with the Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project is literally like that. Like, hey, mm-hmm. let's get all the Trumpers out of here. And then we'll be, we'll figure out what's next. Yeah, no, that's totally for sure. And um, kind of, that's totally true. Uh, (laughs) Going back to what you were saying about, you know, these times being incredibly tumultuous, like you said, and I think um, it's been exacerbated by social media and especially in this, the tensest of times um, in the the election year and everything you just said, and I think uh, a lot of, racial issues um systemic racism as well has been been something that has come up and really been on all these things have really been um more kind of pressed upon us we're seeing it's like putting up against the glass window like we see it all the time we know we're going to hear about this we're going to read more about this and kind of have you watched the social dilemma no, I haven't. Really? I haven't had the time to. Really? I, I know. This is also... Wait, <laughs> you just you described it. it I, yeah. I want to Go tell ahead. you about this class I'm taking. Okay. okay. Like, it is right up the social dilemmas alley. Like, okay. I haven't watched it, but yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. talk about what is said in the social dilemma, like, every day. So, mm-hmm. it's called Programming Humanity. And it's... My two professors are great. They're married. And funny story... They're married. They're one of them's my advisor. So I knew her going into the class and one professor, he's like a Silicon Valley guy and the others more in the humanities. So they kind of are, it's like the intersect of we're kind of, we're kind of studying humanities through data. And we're talking about how, like one thing we talked about this week, and this might sound wild, but how you should automate, like self-driving cars, like what decisions should they make when an accident's going to happen? Like who should be saved? Should the younger people be saved? Should the, mm. like, it, and there's this, I, that kind of just was like a, out of left field. But it, I mean, this is kind of what we're talking about. And we're talking about how much is too much in data. Yeah. And like, in, in data collection and the data mm-hmm. usage. And yeah, 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 no, absolutely. I mean, this is a huge part of it. The, is a massive part of social dilemma is the, the use of data and statistics 
to um, to kind of bring you to your phone and to these apps as much as possible. They kind of press upon you this, yeah. this like you were saying, people don't like to hear what they don't agree with. And that's something that's mm-hmm. huge on Twitter and on uh, YouTube and, and so pretty much all the social media apps is they have, they, they kind of know what you like. So it's going to keep showing you that stuff that confirms that and keeps telling you like, this is true. This is true. This is right. And then when you'll see the only form of like, that isn't, it's not even close. It's the farthest thing really, but it's the closest that we've seen in civil discourse has become Twitter fights. <laughs> That's not civil well, discourse. Yeah. And because they'll but, tell you like, you be educated. You're not face to face. No, I, that's one part of it. I mean, think about mm-hmm. also just the things they'll say. Sometimes you'll see like there's just pure ignorance. There's a back and forth that's happening and they're not answering what they're saying to each other. They're just repeating facts or beliefs that they have. And then there's insults being thrown and there's no, mm-hmm. nothing in between. There's nothing like, a, hey, maybe let's look at it from this perspective or hey, like, you're, not, you're not entirely wrong. That's fine. But you're also not entirely right. And on my position, whatever, mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a, there's a process and a methodology to civil discourse that has totally been gone out the door with social media. And obviously this, this, um, this pandemic has kind of closed that door for civil discourse in, in mm-hmm. the most human way. And that's, yeah. that's been really difficult. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there are, there's like a, with social media, it's tougher for like to come together on an issue, you know? And I think that like in American society, like you have, you have those moments when like you're going to like a small business and you like talk to the store owner, you know, like, Oh, how's your day or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you don't talk about politics. And that's kind of like what exactly. I view like society should be like. And I think it's great that like we have continuously fought for this, like the idea of democracy and that we like, we have, the ability to vote for, I could like, I have the ability, I already voted, so this did not happen. I had the ability to write you in for president or like, or like your dad, I could have wrote your daddy. You wouldn't have won, you're not old enough. But I could have wrote your daddy. Yeah. And and my vote, like there would have been one vote for Joe Kennery from yeah. Ohio. He wouldn't have won, but he would have had a vote. Yeah. And um, I just think that if we can kind of, I mean, blanket statement, but if like, we can kind of come closer to the middle or not like in views, but I mean like in understanding, you in, know, like you're in entitled to your views. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're entitled, entitled to your, to your views. own views, 100%. but you cannot, you're entitled to your own views. As long as someone else is entitled to their views, as long as they're not racist, homophobic, sexist, you know, there's like an outline that's like, <laughs> these views aren't acceptable. Well, it's, but, yeah. Go ahead. Like, you know, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to keep adding to your point, but also the uh, go back to something earlier. But first that um, we, yes, the human interaction does not, is, ent- is not entirely based on um, politics and people's belief systems. And it's not even, you may not even find out that like, I just like to say, don't be an asshole. That's in fault, like being racist, homophobic, misogynist, like mm-hmm. just being kind of an asshole. There's, there's jokes. There's kind of a line that you have that we've kind of started to put. The threshold is really starting to go down. Yes, but I think there's a certain, for me at least, like if you're not, you could take out those, the consideration of being any of those labels and you just like aren't an asshole 
to anyone mm -hmm. in the moment, in that moment, just as that brief moment, you pass someone or you, you, uh, you're ordering some food and they're the person you're interacting with. And it's, and, mm -hmm. it, and, or even just you're meeting someone for the first time and you're just having a pleasant conversation about whatever it is you're meeting about, be it art, be it, uh, your, your main focus in, um, in your, maybe your religion, maybe you're, maybe you're not even considering the religion, but like maybe just studies, maybe your sports team, maybe your music mm -hmm. taste and all these things can bring together people that don't, doesn't involve people's <clears throat> ideologies on certain, uh, or ideologies, but then also kind of focus and ideals on certain topics. And I think yeah. coming together and coming to the middle, like you said, is not in a belief system way. Although like people, some, some people could start looking at the middle and kind of making their way because yeah. there's people on too far mm -hmm. ends. But I, and, and obviously those people have the right, like you said, to that opinion, but also I have a right to my opinion. So it should, it's kind of be live and let live as someone told me mm -hmm. once. And it's that, and it's that like, you can, you can believe what you think, but I want to know why. And I also need to know kind of to be able to then understand my position more. And by mm -hmm. constantly confirming yourself into this ideology of let's say neo-Marxism or even like uh, a radical right type of like neo-Nazi, mm -hmm. one of those, like those, on social that form of learning should not be done on social media it needs to be done through class through civil discourse through conversations with people on the right conversations with those mm -hmm. other sides and be like okay maybe i like this side a little more because i was already mm -hmm. i was here and it confirmed that so it's it's that through that diversity of thought diversity of ideologies that we're losing in some ways but also gaining in others and i'm just hoping we figure it out really <laughs> yeah and i i think that that's like one thing you can always know like i think that that's something that i think we'll see change i think hopefully that there'll be like this re-emergence of bipartisanship or like yes. you know like a because when you're not there's this struggle that we have right now for decency in the world of politics because when it comes like we've talked about social media and we've also talked about how that there's you got to like the way it is there are, there are a lot of people who surround themselves with a lot of people who have the same views as them mm -hmm. and there's only a, there's a certain boundary like to that like you can't expect so like if someone has some really controversial views it's tough to be around them you know what i mean but there's this I think that there are a lot of people who would benefit and it's tough to set these up. These are hard. These are very by, difficult. Yes, yes. But benefit from conversations with someone like say if you're on the center left, benefit from a conversation with someone on the center right. Mm -hmm. Because I think that it might be easy for me to say this, but I think there might be some similarities that you didn't know existed. Absolutely. You know? There are similarities. Mm -hmm. And I think and I mm -hmm. think going back to your point of like someone on the on the left should see the right and right should see the left. I think it's very difficult. Yes. But I think we, this is a good chance now to reevaluate those. I mean, I think we just, you're going to watch this social dilemma. A lot of people have talked to on this podcast and outside of it have watched the social dilemma or know about the social dilemma and understand that we're it's, it's easily one of the most addicting thing, addictive things ever social media. And we've used it in a way that has, 
screwed our minds in tighter and tighter to some specific um, views mm -hmm. or perspectives that we can't really see outside of ourselves. And that's like the theory of mind, which is just having being able to step into someone else's shoes and understand their perspective, their lifestyle, everything that might mm -hmm. kind of you don't may not have um, and be like, okay, I see where you're coming from. And then I understand mm -hmm. that. And a big thing that I'm remembering is that with those arguments, they don't just have to be, I stand on my side and yell at you and you stand on your side and yell at me. It's, it's also, you, I got to read some about you. I got to understand you, the other side a bit and kind of try and figure mm -hmm. it out. And then if, if I'm ready to have a discussion, it's the same thing really as discourse actually is because you're, you're still learning. I mean, that's what civil discourse kind of helps us learn is just th these people's perspectives. And mm -hmm. it's either you do it by reading and obviously you may read some, some pretty stuff that may still kind of be a confirmation bias, but also being able to access that other, that other kind of um, set of views and also access them in a, in a way that is through reading, but also through discussion, like you're saying. And I think mm -hmm. this time, this time now with the pandemic, we've had a lot of time away from each other. I miss you. I miss a lot of people. Yeah, I miss you too. Like, <laughs> hope, we like we're going to hang out soon. Exactly. I mean, That's the hope. We're used to hanging out all the time, mm -hmm. you know? And I think, and I think something that, that we may have is our arguments, uh, but then when it comes down to something like this, so basic, it's just being able to exist one another. We're coexisting mm -hmm. with one another in a way that is so easy. I mean, I, we both, I haven't even mentioned hockey yet in the caps, for example, or the mm -hmm. Washington Nats, like talk, we haven't had to talk about that because we already mm -hmm. have set those kind of standard kind of broke mm -hmm. through those thresholds of, or those barriers of, um, of kind of figure learning more and more about one mm -hmm. another. And I think when it comes down to like, I may, if I were to kind of give myself really into the ideologies of both sides and had, I might end up totally disagreeing with you and mm -hmm. that's fine. I might, I might argue with you and then figure stuff out. That's actually what I'm going to want to do if I do have a position mm -hmm. against you on something. And mm -hmm. that is where we lacked and we have been lacking. And I think after this pandemic, given, like I said, there's been a lot of time away from each other. We need, yeah. we need to reintroduce the outside sources, the, out, the opposite of us, because that's mm -hmm. part of life. Yeah. I think that like with that, the goal shouldn't be, this is why that candidate or that ideology is wrong. Like, this is why you should vote for me you know yes. what I mean like this is what I will bring to the table you don't need to strike fear in people it's, which I, it's something that is so dangerous mm -hmm. and kind of bashing and, the other side bashing that guy mm -hmm. rather than yeah. prop yourself up like watch me get be awesome not screw that guy mm -hmm. the whole time like yeah, just pointing exactly. your finger mm -hmm. it doesn't yeah it, it's the same it's a polarizing effect like we were saying with social media right there that that confirmation bias it's this kind of same thing of kind of um if i like you enough i'm gonna stand by you and i'm just gonna mm -hmm. i'm just gonna keep yeah. hating on the other guy i'm gonna do what you're doing i'm gonna follow you because mm -hmm. you're the leader that's the proposed leader mm -hmm. so it's it's an it's and, a very selfish view and mm -hmm. yeah that what were you gonna say yeah and i think that like that could help foster relationships between people of different ideologies because you can be like all right seems like a charismatic guy but i think he's completely wrong 
but he seems like a nice guy. But like, I'm not going to vote for him. But hey, I wouldn't mind like watching a game with him or something yeah. like that, or like going yeah. to see a movie with him. And I think that that'll bring people together. Like, if I like now, like if if say like I just think that that's something that if we could get to because you have those relationships one on one with people, mm-hmm. you know, like there are people out there who probably are super close friends or they could even be married who are the super far apart when it comes to politics, Mm -hmm. but they have a genuine respect for each other and their views that they're like, all right, I disagree with you, but deep down you're a good person. And I think that there's a fine line when it comes to that, when it comes to like extremist views or like, uh, you know, but they're they're still, it's down there somewhere. Yeah, that's for sure. I think there's definitely room for that. There's room for, um, room for growth in that sense. Um, I really hope Michael, I remember talking about this one time. Um, I remember I asked you like, what do you, uh, something like, do you think it'll get better? And we were kind of referencing like the black lives matter movement or more like systemic racism as an issue, but also, um, the kind of current, I mean, will it improve in, in a political sense, in a social sense and kind of a social media sense. And then kind of like that age group area, like all these, but also along with these kind of issues that are coming into the spotlight, will they improve? And I remember you saying, yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of chance for that. And I remember just thinking like, I, that has come back to me a lot because you're probably the only person who's given me the most like genuinely optimistic. I mean, I've seen a lot of optimism and I think it was more like that. I hadn't asked anyone that more in that, that time mm-hmm. kind of frame of in the summer and looking now it's been a couple months and the, since then and like I have no idea at this point <laughs> I had I had mm-hmm. somewhat I kind of understood your position I was like yeah I could totally see it kind of taking a turn in a, in a way that may have not been expected um but now at this point it's like it's things are things are changing so much every day because of social media like there's this constant mm-hmm. information flow but there's also not that much going on at the same time, like very marginal changes are going on in the day to day of everything. And I, I don't know what do, what do you still hold that stance? Yeah, I, I do. And I have like a couple reasons for it. I think that like, whatever you want to say about our generation, we're very, res- we've grown more resilient as a whole. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because look, there is no time that's a good time to go through a terrible pandemic, but college has got to be one of the worst. Like going through this when you're in college is definitely like, if we were going to like rank what age do you not want to go through a pandemic? College is near the top. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm still having fun here, but it's different than last fall. And that's what I'm saying. I think that this and like, you could see, I think that has made people more resilient. I think that this summer, this summer, all the tragedies that occurred this summer were terrible, but people did not just be like, oh, that's too bad. Like people didn't post up on social media for a week and then disappear. Some might've, but a lot of people were about it for a very long time and still are about it. And that's something that I think is special about our generation. And like you saw in previous generations, And I think that these kind of moments, I mean, also our first election we've ever voted in, a lot of us, is in one of the most important and most divisive 
in a long time. You know, like you had elections, say, 16 years ago or like like 25 years ago where like there was a difference in candidates, but the overall feeling of the country wouldn't change depending on who won, you know? It was unified. But I feel like that is different now. Yes. And I think that us getting involved in an era like this is different than others. It's totally different. Um, it's definitely, it's, 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 it's different because we're at a very interesting point though. I think, I think like you said, 25 years ago, the, the, the election wasn't going to really change the, uh, perspective, I guess, attitude of our country in a huge sense. I mean, it wasn't going to have this like huge kind of flip on one way or another. It wasn't a total coin flip on how people were going to feel. Now it's kind of very reliant on a coin flip. It's like, if this guy, Mm -hmm. this one, if it lands here, I might go cry for four weeks. Like I might not be out of my house. I might start angrily posting. I might, whatever. Um, I might become an addict in one sense or I'm not saying me, I'm saying like this eye is this external person. Like there's a lot of, it's one person that you elect, but there are 330 million people that they're elected to represent. Yeah. And I mean, like the Democrats have a chance this year to get hit for the triple crown, get the presidency, the house representatives and the Senate. And Republicans got that four years ago. Democrats got it in 2008 and they lost it. Republicans got it in 2016 and they lost the House. So this is like a huge momentum swing because, I mean, you could see the, the legislation that gets passed. We haven't really seen that much liberal legislation get passed since like 2014 because the Republicans have had control of the Senate for like a decade or so. Yeah. And Democrats just got the House back two years ago. But I mean, if it's like if it is controlled by the Democrats, I mean, they could just kind of push stuff through, like when it comes to like That's reproductive sure. rights, healthcare, coronavirus. Um, but as a whole, I just want a return to decency within party politics. Like you guys, like, um, and I feel like when that'll kind of make the day to day a lot easier. You know what I mean? Like you won't have to check which politicians got in a Twitter war again. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll just be like, all right. I feel like there'll also be like a little greater trust in the government. That's for sure. I think, I think that all that huge flip should have a big change in a lot of different ways, like legislation and an attitude change. Hopefully, hopefully that is a good thing. I hope I doubt I'm like, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm not seeing it happen is that when someone gets elected, the other side has to react in a good way. Cause the country's pretty much split in half. I mean, there's a probably a more percentage of like a margin. I wouldn't say 50, 50, even maybe even 60, 40, but that 40%, even like a, a, an 80, 20%, maybe if it was leaning that way um, on one versus on one side versus the other, that's still a big population. And there's still a, a they're still going to have a loud voice. I think because of um, our media ability of, to just kind of reach all groups, and so you'll see a lot of reaction from one side or the other. Um, and let's say it wasn't even split, that means that when there's a when the one of the presidents win or presidential candidates win, uh, mm-hmm. there's needs to be a united front 
on and a and a and a more objective and um kind of more <laughs> I, I can't think of the word but accepting kind of um truth or accepting uh, attitude to this mm -hmm. um to this uh uh candidate and so i think I think that's going to really be important. And I don't know if it's going to be good because I, like I was saying, there's this big buildup in a lot of people's mental health awareness, but also mental health issues mm -hmm. coming into play a lot more and more. And so I, that's my biggest worry is like if riots mm -hmm. start cause Trump wins again, or if riots start cause Biden wins, like that's going to suck. That's going to make everything mm -hmm. worse, man. Yeah. And we need, we need to kind of accept that, okay, now he's president. What are you going to do for four years? Just mm -hmm. riot kind of just mm -hmm. work together and come together mm -hmm. on these things and compromise. There's, there's part, not mm -hmm. everything's going to be pretty. I'm not just going to agree with you because I want to agree with you and become a friend. I'm agreeing with you because I'm willing to compromise and collect your information that you've given me and the information that I'll be giving you and bring yeah. it together and have a formulate an idea. Mm -hmm. Because Say if person A listens to person B, that doesn't mean person A's views are going to completely change. But what could happen is that you're like, all right, I have a new perspective on this. I didn't really understand where this person, where they were coming from, but now I understand it a little bit more. I still think I'm closer to being correct, but I'll take that into account. And I think that like, you can concede a little bit on your point to get towards an overall good you know yes. like if you're like they're like these small compromises i think could really go a long way and that's not only in politics i just think that's in society no that's in society you that's know what in, i mean that's in day-to-day -day interactions one another mm -hmm. I, I totally mm -hmm. know what you mean and that's kind of why going back to like this polarization of one another is like when we we're so polarized also because we may not agree on like four things or something people may not agree on like certain kind of pivotal rights but there's or like mm -hmm. conversations kind of that legislation could go one way or the other and i think being able to separate those from the rest of your life is kind of <laughs> comes into like a sense of mindfulness and it's becoming aware mm -hmm. that like i am a whole person and i have no control over what people are going to be thinking yeah. and going to be um processing this and whatever information but I know how I'm going to be able to process it. I know how I'm going to be able to handle it and be able to then manifest that information or, or that, that reaction to the information in a way that brings mm -hmm. together people and brings, and brings, and it kind of also like, you're not going to convince them all the time, but in the end, you're just going to be able to kind of give them like, Oh, okay. Maybe I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll now have more of an understanding and a, an awareness of, of your, um, of your perspective and your leaning and be like, Oh, okay. I can't mm -hmm. hate that. Like I, if, if they have mm -hmm. this president, it's going to be at the end. It's, it, obviously it's not going to be like that, but in that, I mean, it could be like that, but it's not going to be that easy. It's not that simple. Mm -hmm. um, but I think yeah. it starts with, it starts with this human connection of just let's, let's mm -hmm. enjoy, like the same. We don't want the same thing. We want to be happy. That starts, mm -hmm. that's the base level. And then you go from there with adding mm -hmm. these things that are parts of your life and, material things may be whatever it is they it's just being happy together and we mm -hmm. do that best by being with mm -hmm. as, with people yeah and i think that like with this i mean one thing that's definitely suffered from pandemic is like social interaction because you have depending on who you are and like 
you had a very limited group of people you interacted with. You had your like little bubble that you would like see at like distant gatherings or people that you would like see, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot for a lot of people there weren't many people that differed, you know. Like mm-hmm. I had in my little group there I had a couple friends who were different than me when it comes to ideology. But I had a lot of friends who like for the most part were pretty similar. And I think that like it's tough to find like it's tough to create these conversations right now that we need. And like, um, I think that like, as we kind of, hopefully we can, you know, get back to normal as soon as we can. But I mean, like, however long it takes, that's what's going to, that's what it's going to take. And I mean, it's an unfortunate thing to accept, but you just got to be like, all right, we got to wait until it's safe to really do what we want, but we got to wait. But even in that, we should start. You know, should start having. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that like you being in Wyoming, like you're getting, you're working hard, but you also like, like there's a possibility where you go to get groceries and you could get, you could find yourself in one of these conversations because you're like, I don't know about that, Mr. Mm -hmm. Gas station guy, you know? And like, I could, the same thing could happen to me here. Like, um, I could find myself with someone who like who has grown up has grown up in Knox County, Ohio for thirty five years yeah. and has a very different outlook on politics than nineteen year old Jake from Washington DC. And like that could be a conversation that could change both of us. It could change one of us. It could change the person who walked by and was listening. And I mean, like hopefully I know we keep talking about it, but I think that will kind of bring us back to what we see because deep yeah. down everyone out, like it's everyone wants the same thing. Like you said, everyone within the acceptable areas of politics, you know, like there are certain two sides that are just like, okay, that's not feasible. That's sexist. That's racist. That's homophobic. We can't, you're gone. But the people within that, everyone sees everyone, what they want, is thinking all right this is hopefully best for america and best for the people here so like let's figure out where we can compromise and where we have middle ground yeah no that's for sure i mean i described it in the last part i've described it before i think it's it comes down to like a sense of pride and kind of drilling a hole down into that space that 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 kind of side and makes it difficult it makes it very difficult for even like dictators to, to budge when, you know, the people are asking for a change, maybe an increase in, a, in money or just resources and stuff like even a, a way of living. Like, like even those people are difficult to sway on. And the fact that there's people who have, I mean, not, it doesn't matter what really position they're in, but there's people that are so willing to just lay themselves down and down and down to the point that there's such a deep hole. They don't even know what's on the other side, but they know mm-hmm. they hate it and that's it. And they're not mm-hmm. going to let them let some guy outsmart mm-hmm. them. They're not going to let you do that. Yeah. And we, and, it's like a awareness of that and a separation mm-hmm. and knowing that it's, it's more than that. It's more than just mm-hmm. hating. It's, it's a, it's a love like, thing. It's appreciated. Yeah. I think what you don't want in society is like, views to be like like your views on something is like rooting for a sports team you know like how a lot of people like their sports team they're like born or they have an event that's like all right this is my team and no matter what like 
they could lose a hundred games in a row, but they're still my team. Yeah. You don't need that within like your views on taxes or like, like whether it's anything. economic views or social, anything, because it's all right to change, you know? Yes. I mean? like, yes. It's all right could, to learn. And it's, and it might be like something as small as like the color of your kid's room. Like you could be like, Oh, okay. I see. I, so, okay. That's fine. You know, or like what time, you need to go to bed or what time you want your kids home from like hanging out with their friends. Like it's okay to say like, Hey, environments change. Why don't we change this up? You don't need to stick with what you thought five years ago. And what you think now doesn't have to be the same thing as what you think 10 years in the future. That's for sure. That's for sure. I think mm-hmm. kind of the idea of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That doesn't mean it doesn't need fixing. That also doesn't yeah. mean it needs radical change, if that makes sense. There's, a, mm-hmm. there's also a, within that, within that kind of ideology of, of um, being able to change and being able to learn and being able to be flexible as a human being plays into also a smaller sub uh, subsection of that. That is, there's also an amount of change that you have. You don't want to be mm-hmm. flip flopping. You don't want to be like, hey, today yeah. this guy makes sense and this guy makes sense mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. But you want to be in a position where you're allowed to kind of take multiple – you have two feet. You can step on both sides and kind of under, kind of pick one. You don't have to be – obviously, that's – mentally, we have hundreds of thousands of feet, and we can take millions of steps because we can, mm-hmm. we can tap into these different factors that kind of can, can pick a side or – or something, mm-hmm. but yes, like you said, that there's it's we have these sports teams, we have these events, we have these things that kind of we are born into. But this mm-hmm. is not that politics. The politics is something you can believe. It's kind of like the whole thing. Ah, I don't want to get it actually, but well, I'll say a quick thing. Like people talking about like the whole blue lives matter thing. It's not a big movement at all, but it's something that is like the the counter argument and entirely makes sense. It applies to politics. Is you chose to be a policeman. Now that's that's. Mm-hmm that's a difficult discussion to have with someone like that because you're just tell you're just saying like you picked the wrong mm-hmm. job. That's not, not something mm-hmm. I believe in, but it's, it's something that like, yeah, you, you pick your, your job, you pick your political affiliation, you pick, mm-hmm. you pick your uh, affiliations. And so you don't have to just stick with them because you're, mm-hmm. Because you you originally picked them, so now I have to be this guy. I don't care what you think. Yeah, you have to mm-hmm. be willing to understand and learn and be flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like you don't you pick things like that, but then there are certain things you you know like your like your sexual orientation, your gender identity, your race. That's that's something that you're born with, and like you kind Genetics, of that's like, yes, yeah. But then like a job choice is different, and I feel like instead of combating one slogan with another slogan yeah you could say okay what can we do differently yes. all right so you have this problem with us okay can we change our like day-to-day operation to avoid this problem from happening in the future should we add more people to the workforce in our mm-hmm. like company should we take people out should we look to hot should we be more diverse in our hiring like should we pay more? Should we pay less? Like what, like hours? Like, what do you want to see? What and because where? You don't need to, yeah. Well, keep going. You, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm done. Well, I was going to say also like, where, where are we going to be focusing ourselves more? And like you're saying, kind of this adjustment that needs to be, it's a compromise. It, I kind of bring these simple concepts up 
But like when you kind of categorize them and you conceptualize them, it comes down to something very simple. And it's not the simple answer, but it starts with there. And that's the seed to then the growing plant that is a coexisting society with, for example, mm-hmm. police and, and the rest of society, as spe- specifically more people of color. But and that, yeah. that needs to be um, kind of the focal point is like, all right, your way is not working and for me and my way is not working for you, which means that we, I need to give something up for you to enjoy life and I need something. You need to give something up for me to be able to do my job better, whatever it is. Um, alternative to just police work, but it's something that we, it's, it comes in every form. It comes in every kind of practice. It comes in every topic. We need to be able to just, I mean, it's not that easy. Granted that's, I mean, we see when someone gets mad and you start yelling at them and telling them, you know, you're, you're this, you're that you, you only believe this, so you're just going to do this for the rest of your life. You, you don't know this, or start insulting someone. They just stop listening. And I think having that civil discourse, that having those social interactions where we can just accept that we may disagree, but find somewhere in the middle that is, that is a mm-hmm. coexisting, united um, mix or mm-hmm. a... Uh, yeah, a mix of the similar ideologies and or um, varying ideologies to be one for happiness and a greater people and a greater society together as one. Yeah, and I think. Interesting. I'm going to pause here. All right. A little uh, Wi-Fi mishap here, but we're back. So Jake, you were, I cut out totally on what you were going to say. So just Mm -hmm. continue. So like what I was talking about was that something I heard over the summer that that like stuck with me is that like when we're talking about politics, you know, we're talking about like the two major political parties in our country one thing that I was struck by was that the political party in Massachusetts is not going to be the same political party. Like, I mean, the Democratic Party of Massachusetts won't have the same political party as the Democratic Party of Colorado or the Democratic Party of Texas or the Republican Party of Alabama is going to have different views than the Republican Party of California. So we kind of all like, we can't just stick to one platform and think that like, like, millions of people from all walks of life, different backgrounds, different job uh, occupations, literally different cultures, depending on where you are and what like the climate is to view the same things. So I think that like, it's like we, we were kind of talking about this at the break, that it's easy for us to just sit back and say compromise, that's what we need because it is extremely hard to find. But I think that we can do better than we're doing now. And like what we need to find is the ways that we can do better. The little things, you know, like, oh, let's try to change this law or how can we get more people to affect the election without like 10 people with, a, with like just a Brinks truck of money choosing who wins basically when it comes to donations, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, um, I think that's totally fair. And the... Um, I just sorry got caught off on that um 
But so you were saying kind of the, um, <clears throat> the positioning of, of, uh, of a different, of a Republican party or a democratic party in, in for example, Alabama is going to have a different perspective than in Wyoming, for example. And for, and that's mm-hmm. something that I totally have noticed. I think that's something I've definitely gotten to learn a lot more, or even like with Massachusetts, the democratic party of Massachusetts can have a totally different perspective than the democratic party of, of, uh, of Wyoming. I mean, Wyoming's got 550,000 people, man. That's not a lot mm-hmm. of people. They haven't broken, they, they're barely half a million. That's, that's just yeah. not, that's just less not than DC. A, less, exactly, than less than DC. Exactly. And so there's, there's an issue there that is not necessarily an issue, but it's a difference of culture. It's a difference of lifestyle that mm-hmm. definitely Absolutely. plays in. And I've actually had these discussions with, um, with, uh, the guys working on the ranch will just kind of like talk about one political topic and just kind of move on with our lives. But like, we'll, we'll jump on this one thing and they'll say like, Oh, why do these guys from this state uh, or this area of the country may uh, like what these people, or maybe they'll just point out the fact that maybe like California wants this specific thing or uh, maybe in, in, in DC, they want this and Florida, they want this Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And like, there's maybe more focus on that. And they're like, that doesn't make any sense. And then the, one of them, or sometimes me, or will kind of propose like the, well, they don't like they're they're maybe in a more condensed area, so they're kind of living in cities. They were talking about yeah. the idea that like the city life is entirely different from a ranch life. For example, time, your life is so focused around your scheduling and your your um, your efficiency of your time when you're on a, when you're living in a city, but when you're on a ranch, you get up, you work until you don't work. <laughs> it's kind of like you stop whenever you can't, you can work mm-hmm. like 15 hour days. You can also work mm-hmm. eight hour days. I mean, eight hour days is a standard, but something like that, mm-hmm. where that lifestyle and we're seeing like seven people a day. So that automatically, yeah. that culture, that attitude is so different. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you. You have more time for, for the people you see like this, this, what you're saying, I have a story that is just like this from yeah. last fall. Um, going from where we grew up to here, life just moves at a slower pace. I'm not saying it moves at a worse pace, but it's people are less in a hurry. Yeah. So you know how normally back home, like, and people listening, like if you live in a big city, you can understand. When you go to Subway, there are like four or five people working back there. And it, they're just like, they're just going everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, hey, what can I get you? You know, like that. Well, I yeah. went to Subway here. There's one perfectly nice woman working behind the, the counter. She's super nice. But there was a different skill set when it came to speed of making the Subway sandwich. So there was, I went with a teammate of mine after a practice. And there's like one person ahead of us in line. And it took us half an hour to get our sandwich. And that was like, that was one of the wow. times where I was like, whoa, like there were, there were like decent, there were like five people, you know, ordering sandwiches, but there was, it was a different speed. And I think that I'm not saying that that's a worse life to live or that it's a better life to live. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's one thing that I noticed when I came out here. And I think it's a great experience to have looking back on it and understanding like, well, this person might think this because you got to remember they're from a different place than you are. That's for sure. That's definitely, it's like, 
you you're accessing i mean obviously that's one snippet but it's obviously a a i mean a meaningful snippet you had a point of conver- comparison to to make with back home and um but that that is just it speaks to the entirely different attitude of a person's life solely for that amount of time that they're willing to spend um, because they're, or the company maybe, or the, the, just the people working are willing. They're not in a hurry. You know, they're not getting as many uh, customers They're maybe getting more customers. Um, so they, they adjust and they have these along that with those adjustments comes an attitude. It comes this like, all right, for example, the people, like you were saying in uh, subway back home is in DC is more for even in a, any really city, you got four to five workers yeah. and they're constantly working and they're really pushing the time. They're trying to get as much done as possible. Um, but when you see, you see that there's an attitude that comes with it. There's like a, it's, it's more, there's more energy involved. There's more, um, mm-hmm. you get tired more easily. That's for sure. You're kind of less yeah. having, you're having much more, interactions but much less time in in those interactions when you're mm-hmm. in a like i've noticed this when i go to um i went had to go kind of shopping for the buying clothing and, and stuff for the ranch and going grocery shopping it's the i mean obviously walmart's not really it but other stores where i was at these interactions are much more human because you spend time talking about just stuff you talk about like mm-hmm. hey what are you doing out here like you don't seem like you're around here and so like they i they immediately could kind of tell with my voice, like, where, where are you from? <laughs> and uh, obviously I'm not, I don't have like an accent or anything. Like it was, I think it was kind of the way I spoke and it was like, just out back East. They all call it back East. It's kind of weird, but kind of going back to like that, that lifestyle difference, the fact that they're just seeing less people and they're having l- maybe longer interactions They're mm-hmm. they think like it's, it's a whole thing. They don't actually, I'm not saying they think, but they more have, um, there's a, there's a, these factors that come in have a different effect than on this person than it would on these, uh, on a worker in, in the city. And so that goes back to that lifestyle difference. I mean, yeah. there's just a, there's just an, an entire focus that is directed at, um, at something different in a different way. Mm-hmm. Too. There's looking at it from this lens instead of, this lens, oh, one hundred percent versus the city lens. Mm-hmm. It's totally, yeah, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't mean to get like too philosophical or sound crazy, but I mean, I'm, it's it's obvious. I want philosophy. Say. It's obvious to say, but I mean, the the size of the United States, like if you go to Europe, like two states is like the size of countries over there. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot more of a homogenous culture because there isn't like. On some days in the U.S., one place could be like 90 degrees and another place could literally be like negative 15 and you're in the mm-hmm. same country, Yeah, you know? And like, that's like, like someone listening could be like, well, duh. But I mean, <laughs> it, it speaks to this difference, you know? Yeah, not everyone's from the same like little area. And that's, that's kind of like going, if you really want to get philosophical, we have been kind of taking a big step back on that is like, we are so separated from nature so that we we think we are so separated from nature that we play God. And so that those things don't have effect on our lives. You're just pointing out the most obvious one in the continental U S you can have places in the country where there are sub zero and high, high nineties, even hundreds. And that's something that 
plays an effect into the lifestyle you're going to have. And it plays an effect mm-hmm. on, on the perspective you're going to have. Because for example, yeah. the people here in Wyoming, they're not afraid of the, of the wind. I mean, they hate the wind, for example. They, they're not afraid of the cold. And like, for, I love wind. <laughs> I love the wind. I love a good breeze. For the most part, I don't get bothered by wind. When I came here, I totally understood why they hate it because it gets up to the 60s and 70s mile per hour winds and it's just sand mm-hmm. and dust and snow sometimes. And that wind just is sheer and just so powerful in a way that it's like, I had no concept of it when I was back home. So even that alone, that's little thing. We still see a total difference change because it plays so many, so many uh, parts rather than just the weather. The weather is not the only thing. It's the, it's this, it's the relationship you have with the weather. It's the relationship you have with these people with the weather. You have the relationship of a governing body dealing with circumstances of, of weathering and, and also just the, the earth around them. So it's kind of getting to that, like that point of um, thinking that we're playing God. That kind of is really just a, an awakening, awakening and that we, we become aware that we're still just civilians of the earth. We're still civilians of, of, a, of just a broader society. And we're just one in 8 billion. We're not, I mean, even, even 330 million of 8 billion, that's still like, that's just a portion of it. That's not even it's an less eighth. than an eighth of what exactly yeah. less than an eighth. It's less than a 16th really. So mm-hmm. it's, it's so, and then you look at that in the grand scheme of rea- of the cosmos, like we're not playing, mm-hmm. we're not changing anything. We're changing things amongst ourselves. So why continue to bash one another? Like going back to the, to your Europe example, like, there, there has been a lot of, of uh, combat, I guess, is amongst these, the governing bodies, but also just the countries themselves in Europe. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing a lot more. I mean, obviously, I don't know politics to that extent. I don't know the, I don't know the cultures. But for the most part, there's, like you said, homogeneity that is, is kind of also because there's a unified front. And I think it's the fact that there's a lot of cities amongst these countries. And there's less of, I mean, there's obviously beautiful land out there, but I think you're seeing a less vastness. I mean, you drive for like five hours just west from where I am and you're not going to, you could see no one the whole time. Like that, that's a very real possibility. Um, so that's something that just totally, um, it's, it's really just real sometimes when mm-hmm. we think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like everyone kind of has their own, like faith you know like i have my faith in in my religion but i don't want to impose that on someone else you know what i mean because like when we're talking about it like everyone has their own explicit experiences and like my view on like your faith and your spirituality as long as it like we talked about earlier as long as it is not putting other people down based on their like race gender oriented like gender sexual oriented any of that like okay then that's like you know like there's like the kind of basic guidelines and then well great that is something that i respect i might not believe everything you believe but you have every right to believe those things and like this kind of greater being you know mm-hmm. well and that's, respect for one another oh totally that's a, it's it, what it comes down to because it's 
Respect doesn't always grant great things, as does freedom. Freedom doesn't grant automatic, this is, life's going to be utopia. It, be, it just becomes more real. When you become freedom, you mm-hmm. get a lot more variability, you become a lot more, in, in this word of, like, in the sense of variability, there's this inequality. Not everything is going to be the same. And that's what mm-hmm. I, I think you're, you highlight a very good point, is that we... Um, we'll have a lot of people, you'll see a lot of people that feel the need to impose their will, their beliefs, their, um, Mm -hmm. those certain ideologies that need to be yours too. And they need Mm -hmm. to be you yours to also believe. And that's, that doesn't, that doesn't affect the day to day. There's very marginal things that may affect if you're maybe you believe in Islam and you're maybe, and then another person is, um, a kind of a, a form of Christianity that right there, the day to day marginally changes, but down to it, there's a, there's a goal in life and that is achieving happiness. Now it's in your different way, but as long as you're not impeding on my life in a way that, yeah. that exposes um, kind of this inequality in a negative sense, but just to, rather mm-hmm. than just accepting it and being like, that's pretty cool. Let me learn more about it. And then maybe you mm-hmm. switch. Maybe you become an, as a person of belief, believe in Islam or the become mm-hmm. Muslim. Uh, maybe you don't. That's fine. There's no one, mm-hmm. no one's going to hurt you. I mean, there shouldn't. <laughs> that's really what it comes yeah. to. I mean, they probably, there's, mm-hmm. there's, I'm not saying with Islam, that's not entirely. There's also with, with other religions, there's kind of these manifestations of negative enforcement mm-hmm. of the, so I, I don't want to kind of blanket statement but it's, it's that, it's the same thing. It's having a compromise and accepting that you're, you have a right to believe what you believe. And yeah. I do too. Mm-hmm. But it's as long yeah, as you don't bother me, life goes on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with that, everyone has a role to play in stepping up to an inequality they see. You know, like, keep, like one thing my mom would always tell me, and like, I think that's really important is like, first things first, make sure you're like, when it comes to like, uh, like judging other people, make sure that your side of the street clean, is clean. You know what I mean? Keep your, like, take care of your business, you know, but then like with that too, there's a role to play like that you have. If you see some, like the whole idea of like, if you see something, you say something like, if yeah. you see something that you think is discriminatory, you have a role to play, whether like you find that role you have to play and whether it's being the, the leader of the charge or being an ally to those people on the charge or being someone that is with, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you kind of find your calling in that fight, but then you also have your own like yes. self views. Yes. And I think, I think going along with that allyship and also being the leader of the charge, there is, there's trade-offs there in that you, you are susceptible to kind of the dogma and being just on one side of it. And so mm-hmm. when being when being an ally, when being this leader of the charge, I mean, I guess it's difficult when you're the leader because you're kind of the, the face of it. But in the same sense, even that person, if they're doing it, they're going to be followed and doing the same thing. And that is that you still got to understand the per- Like at the end of the day, for example, you look at someone who has a sort of uh, a prejudice against someone, there's a reason for it. You know, you look at that, that person may have sort of negative assumptions about a type of person. You look at that and that person 
is, is not an inherently evil person. A person is not someone who just automatically all the time, whenever he thinks about anything, he's thinking about, I hate this type of person and that's it. And I don't, and they may not even say type of person, but I fill in the blank. They hate this. I hate this ideology, whatever. Doing that just makes you, um, less susceptible to change in a sense that is positive. Mm -hmm. That is a learning experience. And so there's mm -hmm. a trade-off with being an ally. That is, you still got to learn. You still got to take, you still oh, got to yeah. be able to, like you're saying, being an ally, you're stepping into the, the, the shoes of this person and allowing yourself to understand the perspective as if let's say the black lives matter mm -hmm. movement, you know, we play as allies. We step in that because we may not feel the same oppression that, um, these, these, Afro, I guess the, the black community may, uh, may see, may, may experience, um, mm -hmm. but we support them in their, in their endeavor, in this, this equality throughout the system and throughout society. Mm -hmm. And so playing that though, we have to also understand like we we are, we are capable of, of stepping outside of just those shoes as like I just said, mm -hmm. made that example, but also understanding the other side, like why does this person believe these, these negative prejudices, like, where is it coming from? And you look, per, mm -hmm. you look at the person, I mean, from, let's say they're 50 years old, you look down to when they're four years old, they're not a prejudiced person back then. Those per, that, it's, that you it's look raised this, within it's, them. It's, it's, it's a learned environment. So you got to look at, the, you mm -hmm. don't have to attack the environment. You don't have to attack this person. You have to help this person learn. You have to give them mm -hmm. something that's like, your position is totally reasonable. I mean, we don't, con we don't respect it. We condemn it, but you come from a place and you come from a society that is maybe just not as understanding because they may not have had as many variability in people or just people mm -hmm. in general. So there's a difficulty to just accept and that's, that's yeah. fine, but we just come learn with us. The kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Helping, like I don't view you those, I don't consider those views reasonable if you know what I mean. Yeah, like, absolutely. I don't, I don't, yeah. The, re like the views aren't reasonable. It's where you're coming from that is, is a yeah. rational place. And, and that's why, like, there needs to be, like, a greater overhaul of the education system, you know, because there needs to be more teaching, especially, like, if we look at some of the most, like, non-diverse areas of the country, it's easier said than done. We need to find a way to get more teachings on the civil rights movement in back roads of Mississippi. We need to get more than just what the, the textbooks from like the 1960s say, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's this role and like, I feel like I have never experienced discrimination because of my skin color, but that doesn't like, but one thing I want, like I will, as an ally, I will do what is what I need to do to help. And I don't want my role in this isn't to be like someone lead it, you know, but my role is to be like, okay, where do you need help? What can I do? Like holding others around you accountable, you know, like if you hear someone saying something in an environment and you're like, Hey, you got it. And if it's, if it crosses a line, you have to be there for those people that like the people that, what I'm trying to get at is that if you hear something said in a small group, you need to represent the people that are being discriminated by that statement that aren't around mm -hmm. to say something. You need to represent them and say like, Hey, you, this can't like, yeah. this is something that's unacceptable. And this is why, mm -hmm. because little things like that 
along with the greater movement of millions and that like thousands and millions of people yeah. together can like kind of a rid like this. And I mean, it, it's progress, like step by step. There's, by step. there's a lot of steps day. to be made a hundred percent. This is not going to happen in one fell swoop, but I think going back to your kind of the analogy of like, Hey, say, Hey, this is, we don't like this around here. There's that alone needs its own form of methodology. That needs the, mm -hmm. the format of like an under, obviously, like you said, it's not, a, I don't actually rationalize your behavior or your prejudice, but I, I, I see why I want to see why you think what you think first, before I just start making, uh, making maybe accusatory statements or saying things that may force them into like a hole, because that's what happens. I mean, when I've, I've, heard and I've been I've I've made my mistakes I've been confronted before I mean I, I I learned from them and moved on and that's that's what happens but they, they were done in a way that this person made me feel like not that I was wrong but that they but that rather like it, it's it's kind of hard to explain in my perspective and my in solely words but in a sense that it's like come in, like hey man it's, it's just don't it's not it's mm -hmm. not worth saying that you're it's not worth attacking your position when you could just boost your own and so saying hey man why don't you try saying mm -hmm. this or hey that's mm -hmm. we you know you're you might be offending some people and it's just not worth it's not worth continuing mm -hmm. saying that why not just use these this mm -hmm. terminology and that and that alone is a good starting point but then getting to like if you see something mm -hmm. like avidly you know mm -hmm. be it pre prejudice we'll just stick with being in, in one position, you got it. You even almost have to dig deeper into them to understand more where they're coming from because it's, it's not their fault. I actually just listened to this. Uh, I don't know if you know who Sam Harris is. He's a philosopher and neuroscientist guy. Very interesting guy. He's, I highly recommend listening to his podcast, making sense with Sam Harris. Um, and he's been on Joe Rogan and he's, he's a very prominent guy, but he has this meditating app that I just recently got a couple called waking up and he has, it's from his book and um, he has these little lessons within them. So he kind of splits the whole thing, the practice or the, the meditating uh, app and everything into two mm -hmm. aspects. It's theory and practice and the theory mm -hmm. there's conversation, like episodes of podcasts are just conversations he's had in, at big meet or meetings or at, um, at uh, a big talk or something or, He's, and then he also has these uh, lessons that he has. They're about, they'll yeah. be anywhere from like five minutes to three minutes to 25 minutes, to even 30 minutes to 15 minutes. It's got a big variety. And he goes into, I just listened to these two short episodes called Free Will. It's just one and two. And he talks about the, this, this concept of determinism and kind of how we are, our existence and our, our being of self and understanding of self is based on a series of prior and our, everything really is based on prior events. It's based on things that we learned in the past that we build up to this moment. So in that we lack free in, in like he, he goes into this whole, he, he argues against free will and the fact that we rather have, and this is how I interpreted it is that there's a series of choices that we're, we give ourselves in certain scenarios that allows us to feel more free. So for example, if I were to tell you pick a your favorite uh, athlete, you're gonna pick based on maybe 
your favorite sport, maybe your favorite, there's a lot of things. And so your decision is going to be totally different from mine. And there's no real reason that is in like, can is simply outside of rationalization that is makes it a free decision because automatically if you don't follow a sport you follow you don't follow cricket you automatically don't know any of your favorite what could have been your favorite athletes on that so we going back to this lack of free will this person believes these things because of the series of of um, external and uncontrollable factors like their genetics their um their parents where they were raised where they went to school who they went to school with who were their friends mm -hmm. all these things they they attribute to this person's belief and sometimes we think that we all have the same lives but when like i just when i was thinking about massachusetts democrats and wyoming democrats like wow that's just a different lifestyle right there because it's just mm -hmm. so they're in two different mm -hmm. parts of the country and what might be even two Absolutely. different parts of the world so it's it's i got really deep into that that philosophy of mm -hmm. free will and i mean that's a whole different discussion but i think that acceptance more than anything of 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 a person mm -hmm. and then figuring helping them learn and kind of get the ball rolling on a new path i don't know don't know where i was going with yeah. that. And I, I think that in like, I just one of the a thing from the this summer that was so painful was, and I think was a really important press conference was Doc Rivers at the time was the head coach of the Clippers, and now he's to the Rockets or the I think the Sixers the Sixers hired him, and it was his his like main line from the speech was like. Black America continues to love America. Like African Americans in the United States continue to love America, but America doesn't love us back. And this was something that was like, and he was like tearing up as he said it. And I think that like the idea, like the, there are just certain views that we have to find a way from like change. in every possible way we need to change, you know, because mm -hmm. the pain, I've never felt it like I said earlier, no, but the no. pain that has been expressed is just on, like, I would imagine that it's unbearable. I you know? can't even imagine what it must feel. Cause I actually had that same, I remembered that, that speech, but not, I didn't have that kind of same idea from that. I just remembered mm -hmm. the kind of the conceptualization of all this when the riots first started and also like, the it was kind of the accumulation obviously i don't know exactly how it came up with this exact thought but the fact that a a person of color specifically a black person would not feel loved and wanted in a in the country that they grew up and lived in that idea is like heart-wrenching i mean i just got i mm -hmm. i just like got opposite of chills i got heated a little bit i mean it's just feeling that that a place where you you were born where your family is, where your family was born, where you have all these friends, you have this society that you may, you are, are kind of grown into thinking that you have a connection with. And then to see all these other people who are just entirely against that, entirely against this, this willingness to, to include in, in a way that is, that is a, is a mutual relationship, not just entirely, just get in. No, it's like, Hey, the door's open. There was, there shouldn't have ever been closed. And 
that is is something that I could never imagine. I I have never experienced. I think um, there's forms of of like these bad interactions that exist everywhere. But when it comes down to one's identity, it should not be the deciding factor of like I'm just going to treat this person like garbage now. That's never ever 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 going to make sense. It's never going to just be like, you look like this. So I hate you. No, that's no. And like this pain that we see is why, like we all have to commit to doing whatever we can on a given day mm-hmm. to eradicating it. And whether it's like pulling someone aside because they said something that is not acceptable or whether it's voting that day or whether it's going to a march or whether it's watching something on YouTube that changes your view on something, which then you can illustrate to someone else like, Hey, this is why this isn't unacceptable to do, or this is something you need to think about when you do this, you know? And like, I feel like little, like because in the position I'm in today with the striking of my pen, I can't change a law. What I can try to do every day is try to change someone else's viewpoint and educate myself greater. Because when we do that as a society, and as we get older, we'll get more power. And if we kind of build these beliefs when we're younger and we carry them in with all the experiences we have by the time our generation is like the main generation leading the charge, you know, we could create like, and we've talked about how it won't get better in one day, but if we can find areas where we can help communities that are discriminated against based on some things that they can't change, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it is not like, I, and I, like, the, I just want that pain to go away, you know? And like, no, you, you not, absolutely want to be not an have present. Yes, absolutely. And this actually kind of leads me into something that I've talked about somewhat in, um, in our other podcasts is kind of this, the idea of the eradicate. Oh, and I guess it's different in this sense, but I talk about like free speech and cancel culture and all this stuff. And it's that the eradication if that's a word, pretty sure it is, of this, these attitudes and these, and these prejudices to certain people, can, there is an, a methodology to getting rid of it. There's an, there is a, a way where there is, there is not only something gained from, for this person, but also something that they completely took a U-turn on. And went mm-hmm. and figured out something else or stepped into a new, re, in a new world that was appreciative or maybe more loving or maybe more open. But with, with this, with the kind of going back to social media with cancel culture and, and all these more extremist views coming into play and the increasing polarization, there is, um, there's no, I guess there's very little, if any room for a, a, a true change when someone can get called out or canceled or, or uh, you know, incredibly insulted because they maybe said they're going to vote for this person or something like that, I think that mm-hmm. has never ever been like, you know what, <laughs> this one person called me an asshole. You know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Biden now or something like if they had tweeted that they're gonna vote for Trump, and that's something that is is like misunderstood when we do when we kind of come up with these emotional reactions to. Uh, trying to eradicate a way of thinking that doesn't work. Like I said, you drill that hole deeper and deeper. So kind of 
going back to this trying to eradicate all these these issues in on a personal level there has to be a rather than not only because it's again like that answer is too simple but pushing yourself up and and not pushing them down there's also a like let me step on your side for a moment you know let me hear about your story not not the entire thing i don't need the whole all right i grew up here oh there may be like where did you grow up what was the what was the kind of belief system that you were built on and like where did it where did it become more implemented and and how are you seeing and like why are you seeing the way you're seeing and then giving them the room to say well okay that's there are certain things here that i may agree with there's other things that i may disagree with but when it comes down to the the more generalized i mean not even generalized just the more like basic uh I mean, I guess issues are, they have to be a one of a more inclusive and um, open society where obviously, like I said, with this, there has to be this freedom still, but we're losing it because it's, it's like a cycle. It's really a cycle. We, we lose it because we say something due to the freedom of speech and then that person gets battered for it. So then they are just going to hate and just kind of stick in their corner more and more. It's, it's gotta be the fact that there is freedom. We acknowledge you're allowed to believe that you're allowed. Like if, if for some reason you voted for this person and I voted for the other person, I'm not going to stop being friends with you anymore. I'm mm-hmm. going to want to know why you did that. Cause maybe it won't make any sense in the moment, but maybe it will once you explain to me a series of positions without this insulting, this emotion, you know, I mean, that is really mm-hmm. the fault of our interactions is when we add this excess emotion that drives these conversations, we can't have discourse mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that discourse is really important, but I, I think with that, there's a danger that you don't want to give someone whose views are inappropriate, the platform within discourse. You know what I mean? For like sure. there's a, because I think that it's important to illustrate to people like the, it's a, like, there is a, there is a space for learning from someone why they have this view, but there's also, you can't give them too much, if that makes sense. Does, there does be boundary, an illustration yes. of like, Hey, yeah. Like I don't, wherever you came from wherever you learn this it's wrong you know what i mean like yeah there's a like that has to be made clear as yes. well yes there's a definitely a balance there like there, like i was pretty much with everything there's a balance there has to be you can't mm-hmm. have too much of something or you if it's a substance you just die you can't have too much mm-hmm. of this or you get stuck in that place you can't think this too much maybe because you just get into these same thought processes and you're not able to learn anymore it's totally the same. I totally agree with you. There has to be a blend and a balancing between, all right, you're giving him everything he wants and he's, he's allowed to just spew his, his irrational and single-minded uh, nonsense. And then there's another where it's like, nah, shut up. You're worthless. I don't need to hear from you. There has to be a mixing where it may not even be that you have this interaction. Maybe you research why people in Kentucky have these like Republicans in Kentucky somehow, or there's like racist people, whatever it may be. Why is there maybe something like that? You look at that, you read about it from a perspective that is theirs. 
you don't even have to do anything. I mean, obviously that's a lot of preparation for an interaction, but that's honestly what an ally does that you prepare for these interactions. Cause mm -hmm. in the, when you think about somebody saying something that may be prejudiced and then you having to step up, you always kind of sensationalize it. But when you know your stuff, when you understand like, Oh, they have, they went to this school and they learned this and this school and whatever you learned, you didn't just blanket statement them. you didn't say you went to a Catholic school. So you're, you're misogynistic. It's like, no, there's more to it than that. Maybe you went to a school, maybe in the South, maybe you went to a more, it's something else. It's something different than just an easy kind of simplification of someone. So there, yes, there's a hundred percent of balance. I can't say on a quantitative sense, like where that is. I think people should still have the right to say what they feel, but what they feel should change. You know, there's a, there's a sense that they should be agreeing with us. We should agree more rather than constantly disagree and then just kind of fight from, from these distant, distant areas that at first started close. It was a lot of arguments. Mm -hmm. And then it got more and more distance with social media. And we started kind of drilling ourselves farther and farther mm -hmm. away from each other. So I think we're... Yeah. Yeah, we'll keep going. Or what were we going to say? Yeah, I, 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 I get that. And also like... Coronavirus has made people use their phones or their computers or whatever more. You know what I mean? Like oh. you, I, I don't have the interactions on a day-to-day -day basis like I used to because there are only certain people that I really have the ability to based on the rules and guidelines, which, yes, you know, yes. like, and I, I definitely feel that. And I think like when it comes to, like you said, when it comes to being an ally, it's important to be like, to understand, like to be able to speak to when it's time, when that time comes to step up for others, you know, because like everyone's got a role to play, like we've been saying, mm -hmm. when it's time, I think it is important, like you said, to be well versed, you know, and explain why this is like a terrible, wrong, prejudiced view to have, you know, like you can't, and this is why we can't allow that, what you just said in society for these reasons, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, there's still a condemning position you have to have. I just mm -hmm. think, I, th I guess the way I've most been learning about it, and I guess if, if it's a pretty um, analogous to what is the kind of way of thinking now, which is like, po which is postmodernism, which is this, tearing down of, of past thoughts, past ideals and, and quite putting them into question. And so that there's a position that you still have, you know, you still may, maybe it's not a postmodernist actual ideology, but maybe you are on a reasonable, you have been able to learn enough times on this because it's not like just someone from the far side is going to yell at someone from the other far side. It has to be, they make their way themselves. Like you said, keep your side of the street clean, make your way to the middle, make your way towards some reason, towards some understanding and then step. Mm -hmm. And then you, once you figure yourself out, you become aware of your surroundings and what's going on around mm -hmm. you. You step into that realm and you put yourself in yeah. those shoes and you don't even have to put yourself in those shoes, but you start understanding what their experiences are and you understand why, not even why they're saying what they're saying, but how it came to be. And you understand that mm -hmm. this is how I change their minds too. Cause it's not yeah. just like batter, batter, batter. It doesn't work mm -hmm. like that. I mean, you see with these, like we were talking about varying cultures and varying lifestyles, 
they're, they have different ways of interaction. They're you know, those maybe short yeah. one-on-ones to some vast group all the time. So yeah. Um, all fun. Yeah. And like, yeah, I definitely think, I mean, I've really enjoyed this conversation because mm-hmm. we all, like we keep talking about, we all got to find our role to play. And um, I am like, I am longing for the day where the idea of explaining to prejudice people won't exist. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. hopefully as a society, we can move to an area where it's prejudice. Like I, you can't say that it'll be completely eradicated, but we need to find within like, so I'm on this group, like we had this meeting at Kenyon about this and something I was talking about was, well, first as a community, let's review the guidelines or like any rules we have that you could say discriminates against a certain group of people and yeah. let's find a way to change it. And it's like within your community, you could like, you could go from your school to your school's community, to your hometown's community, to your home state's community. Yeah. And then you have the entire country and you build up like brick by brick. You can kind of find areas that previously discriminated against certain groups and try yeah. to change that. And yeah. we try to fill all those holes. You know what I mean? Yes, that's for sure. And I think discrimination, that that is a definite, definite kind of has got to go uh, topic and kind of existing thing in this world. The thing is, though, kind of tapping back into like the freedom concept, there is the difference between like a lack of discrimination and inequality, for example, though is is kind of is I mean, I guess they're not going to be the same thing. They're not. There's a mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they are the same thing is what I'm trying to say. Inequality. I mean, equality. Sorry and a lack of discrimination when you have freedom is kind of, is kind of um, inevitable because there are a, a lack of inequality is not avoidable because when you create a freedom, you start, it's like a shotgun versus a rifle. A shotgun has more a spread. There's a variety. There's mm-hmm. it's free to kind of shoot in a vaster area. And it's this, it's, and when you're, um, when you have discrimination playing such a big role in it, it is like a rifle. There is no inequality. That's a given. Mm-hmm. But when you given, I mean, there is an sorry, there is an equality. That's the word. But in a in a way that is just automatically kind of given. And I think when people like talk about the goal of equality and this egalitarian society, I think yes, it's realistic because we can treat each other on this equal sense. That is, you're a human. I'm a human that's pretty cool. And then we go from there and it's, but, but we lose the, the equal, we still will not be able to gain an entire equality of outcome, I guess is the, Mm -hmm. unless we really go to a different mm -hmm. style, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think that there, you'll never be able to guarantee that someone will be a millionaire. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that the goal of a society should be, I, we are going to try to make it where, the reason you why be. you didn't become a billionaire was because like we want to eradicate any discrimination based on that. You know, there's always going to be a boss and there's always going to be someone that's working for the boss, but you don't want to have, what you don't want to have in a society is someone wasn't able to reach their true potential because of discrimination based yes. on their race. 
sexual orientation, religion, gender, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're like a bottom line that you got to accept. All right. In the society we have built and we have formed through our laws, not everyone's going to have the same outcome. You know what I mean? People are going to have different jobs. They're going to go to different schools based on their talents. But these are the re- the things we, we want to eliminate as being discriminatory to how yes. people get their job. You know? And like, and every, you know, you want to find ways to get closer to eliminating that. And there are mm-hmm. ways today, there are plenty of ways today that we can find to eliminate that. Yeah, that's for sure. That's totally for sure. Mm-hmm. I actually use the analogy a lot of, of, of this kind of, of not just success, but kind of life in that mm-hmm. in a life in a capitalist society, the, the current, let's say, with discrimination, with this systemic racial issue, there it's it's a it's a cylinder. It's like a, a straw, in a sense. And you start at the bottom and you work your way up as one as a liquid does. And um, but currently, this straw has a lot of holes that can be covered. And so these holes are solely on your identity. Your on when I say identity, I mean it's kind of like the broad. Your, your race, your sexual orientation, your gender, your, um, your, all these other things that you really don't have control over, your genetics, your family, where, where you live, where you're from, where your parents are from, all these things that come into play into something that you have no control over. That, those holes can be plugged. That doesn't mean that the, that the straw becomes one whole straw and there's yeah. still holes because mm-hmm. like you said, people have different jobs. People have different aspirations. Um, there's a lot of variability amongst human beings. That's what makes it so fucking cool. That's what mm-hmm. makes us so interesting because we have all these different aspects about us that make us mm-hmm. different from one another. I would never have thought yeah. of be a rancher, but I'm doing mm-hmm. it now. And that's something that's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's the availability and that straw continues to close up on as in the bottom, letting more and more and everyone stay in and give that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But the, I could like continue with that analogy. There are going to still be holes. There are going to be things like mm-hmm. you're simply in a meritocracy, like you're simply not good enough at your job mm-hmm. or you're at the specific talent. Yeah. And like 10 years from now, you might have a task that you do really well because of your experiences on the ranch, you know, that taught you something, but the guy in the cubicle or the office next to you didn't do as well because they didn't have the same experience. Mm -hmm. But the difference in doing well, wasn't based on like something inherent to them. It was was because of my experience. Absolutely. And it was an experience that was had not because of the way they looked or the way of who they love or what they believe in. Rather it was like, Oh, well during the, coronavirus pandemic i decided to go work on a farm mm-hmm. instead you know what i mean like yeah and it doesn't matter like a, what where you come from who you are mm-hmm. as i mean as a person it matters who you are because if you suck i you suck it's too bad mm-hmm. but if you're if it doesn't matter what i mean by like an inherent person like all these these identity characteristics and so yes they play a factor but they're not an, a factor that can say, you know what, I'm going to discriminate against you because of this small factor that plays into your existence, but doesn't actually mm-hmm. decide why you know, I mean, it, in, a, in a broad sense, it does, but it's not, that's only broad. That's kind of a blanket statement. I'm saying in the con- down to this moment, the reason that you're having this conversation should not be because you're of this skin color, you are this gender identity of all these things, these identities that you 
you're inherent. And I, that's a goal. That sounds sick. And I think that's very realistic too. I mean, when you think about, you think about treating someone as a human being, and I mean, we've crossed so many people in our lives, I think, and that's, and that's not even, I'd say that's not even one, 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 one hundred billion. Like it's not actually, but the number is so small of the people that we've seen. And yet we've seen so much variability. You met people you don't like. You met a lot of people you like. You met a lot of people that um, thought differently from you or look differently from you or are differently from you in every different way. And you still found a way to maybe connect or just, just know something new, learn something new mm-hmm. and to not treat them in a way that was making them feel less than human or maybe less than you. And so that's, mm-hmm. that kind of comes down to a simplification of our emotions on oneself and on, 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 on each other. And like I said, with this pride and this, this uh, maybe deep anger, deep sadness, deep um, kind of, uh, I don't have the word for it, but hole drilling, kind of just deepening mm-hmm. yourself into this, this, this position or this ideal and, or group and not letting yourself out um, is, is a painfully easy thing to do. And I, and I just hope, I hope that's a real possibility. And I hope this podcast helps a lot of people. I hope they're willing mm-hmm. to accept people for who they are and not for their one inherent being or belief system mm-hmm. or one aspect of that person. Yeah. And like, I feel like a lot of the people listening are like close to our age and like, or, you know, like they're, they're going to be like, we're going to have control over a lot of things eventually, you know? And I feel like these years that we have now are super important because we can take the time to read something in the Washington post about, Hey, this is what like, you know, like you can, you can educate yourself through, your actions that can help others down the road exactly. because like you can do something tonight or tomorrow morning or a week from now that will help you in a situation like when you're trying to help another person 20 years from now or yeah. a week from now or that same day you know like experiences you have will allow yourself to help other people mm-hmm. no matter what the thing is and also like say like i don't know one like i don't mean to shift gears too much but say if no, you're yeah. like you go through a tough time regarding something and then you hear someone cracking a joke because someone else went through that same time. You can be like, Hey, I know what this guy's going through. And you could kind of translate that to anything. You know, when you hear someone uh, saying something, you can be like, Hey man, like this isn't what we're like, excuse me. Like this really isn't appropriate for what this person is, is having to do right now. It's not worth, it's not worth jumping on, an already burning fire or adding fuel to Mm -hmm. an already burning fire. It's better to, and it's, it's, it's not necessarily that you have to sympathize with this person either. You just have Mm -hmm. to have a level of respect that is reasonable and humanistic. And we, we can have these, we can have more conversations like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I just hope, I, I hope, and I, and I, I mean, I see it sometimes, but then I lose that faith sometimes with just, some of the stuff we do, but in the end, I mean, I may be being optimistic. I may look back 10 years from now and being like, what kind of idiot am I? You thought it was going to change like that fast. I mean, it could be in 10 years. It could be in 20 years. I may not ever see the change, but as long Mm -hmm. as there is a substantial change that is best for all Mm -hmm. of us in one way or another, it's worth doing because 
it's worth having a good time. Mm -hmm. So because like going back to what we talked about earlier, I think that that is something that we could try to achieve. You know, I don't know if it'll be a hundred percent, but a goal we can get is eliminating the success rate because of someone's background when it comes to like their genetics or their, you know, you know what I mean? But rather instead, because of experiences they had. And of course, people with more privilege are going to have a greater access to better experiences than others. But there's only like, but if we can like step by step, if we can create change that is desired. And if we listen to other people and we understand like if we can process what they other people are looking for and like, hey, this is something that is disproportionately affecting my community, we need change. And if you say if it's hurting your community, you bring it to someone else who's not getting hurt, but they can understand like, all right, we need to find change. And if someone brings it to like someone brought something to me, like, hey, what can we do here? You offer your help in whatever way you can. And depending on like the power you have or the influence you have, you're going to offer help in different ways. But you're not like you don't need to be Superman or like Wonder Woman in that regard. But rather, if you can find a way to help, it can lead like positively there's there's a lot to be taken from a small act like that because it Mm -hmm. speaks to it's any any small act i mean the voluntary acts speak about a person more than their involuntary ones and seeing someone actively step into a conversation and not an imposing and negative manner but in a way that is hey man you know there is there was a time when what you were saying was totally cool and funny and hip, but now there are people in this world who are offended or do not enjoy what you're saying. And there's, and there's, there's, there was, I I don't know where to go with this, but kind of like this, there was a time and now it's like, why not just learn the new way of thinking? Why stick yourself in the ground and say, this is how I'm going to be. And there's nothing, I'm not changing for anyone. It's like, why, like kind of finding out why not just asking why, but finding it out and accessing that, that perspective of that person and seeing, and seeing that there is opportunity for change, seeing how they can learn, how you can, how you can help them learn, giving them that, that window. And if they take it, they take, if they take it, that's the best. That's what you want. That's the goal. That's what, that's the greatest thing that could happen. If they don't take it. You don't, you don't start attacking. You don't get negative. You start looking for other ways to more, not puncture, but you know, kind of get into their, their circle of, of willingness to learn of trust, trust mm-hmm. of this ideology. Yeah. Yeah. I completely mm-hmm. agree with that. Um, and like, hopefully, I mean, there's there's certain like like you said like we just gotta i mean there's change that can be enacted and like mm-hmm. we've kind of touched on a lot of things that we would like to see change tonight you know what i mean mm-hmm. like absolutely there and there's certain things that just like are unacceptable that we can't and you yeah. got to do your part in making sure that other people understand that those actions you got to hold them accountable to that because it'll eliminate that from happening again Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, well, Jake, it's been a lot of fun. I'm, I, I think it's getting late for you. Um, I think you've, yeah. 
So but it's, I mean, it's been, this has been, fun. it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I've had a really good time. I'm really happy. We finally got to do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think we went into a lot of different things that are like important in society today. And I feel like this was one of the deepest conversations we've ever had. And it was pretty awesome. This has to be up there yeah. with one of the better conversations yeah. we have. So <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait to get home, man, and see you in person. And I know. Hopefully so we get to have it. It's yeah. like a little, maybe a month. I'm not exactly sure when I'm heading mm-hmm. back, but I know when I finish is mm-hmm. like the Sunday before Thanksgiving. So um, I'll probably, I think I'm going to be out here and trying to visit um, some of like the, the national parks and, stuff around oh, this side of the country because it's beautiful out here so mm-hmm. but with the pandemic it's going to be difficult so mm-hmm. I, we're we're seeing what we can do but pr- mm-hmm. i know i'll be here early december by the by the latest so um you know whatever whatever works i'm i just want to have another episode with you <laughs> this is back yeah. in person and maybe get mm-hmm. some other guys on alan and david like we could get the normal other. squad just like, yeah you know um pull down a mic and we'll just talk yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, like we could do so much more. Like we could recount stories of like playing sports together. We could talk about sports because yeah. I, I don't see this as like the only purpose we have. Because I thought that this was great. Um, I don't think either of us said anything controversial. You know what I mean? Like not we that I could, like, not that I could think of. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, and we, we addressed like topics. Yeah, no, it was chill. I mean, mm-hmm. I addressed. We addressed topics that may seem controversial given the wrong positioning, but we gave one that is of a positive light, of a pretty objective perspective. Obviously we have our subjective experiences, but mm-hmm. I still like, I gave my opinion and then I looked at it from more of a analytical perspective and trying to see, I mean, that's what we try. That's kind of what I'm trying to learn more with this is like synthesizing mm-hmm. more. And this is what we've learned with college and learning in schools is synthesizing enough information and, bringing it together to have some, have some good thoughts. And so, yeah, man, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's, it's been a great time. So. Yeah. And then hopefully, because I know Alan comes home the 21st. Yeah. I think I'll be home the 25th. Yeah. That sounds right. Okay. I'll probably leave like Wednesday morning of the 25th. Um, David, I know will be home by then. Um, yeah, I, when I did think, your brother come back? Uh, I think around early then. Yeah, end mm-hmm. of December or end of November. So mm-hmm. like twenty first, maybe twenty fifth. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna get a haircut. I haven't gotten a haircut at all. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, I, I haven't gotten a haircut since I got here. I had I cut mm-hmm. in the mohawk and then it's just grown out into this kind of mullet. So mm-hmm. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's uh, I've uh. Yeah, so man, I'm let's uh let's keep chat chatting up and um and uh yeah, I'm really really happy to have you on. So take it easy. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. I'll see you. Yeah, bye.